제시카 외동딸 일리노이 시카고 과선배는 김치모 그는 이사촌 I'm deadly serious 근데 지금 진짜로 이상한 게뭔것 같아 It's time to eat your veggies. Eat Your Veggies is a nutrient-dense podcast serving you the best in art and pop culture. I'm Michael Langes, a fiction writer and scientist. And I'm Charlie Janelle, a filmmaker and poet. We're insatiable media omnivores, munching on the latest and greatest in books, music, movies, TV, games, you name it. This week, we're forging our credentials and drinking your daddy's liquor with Parasite. Parasite is a horror comedy from South Korean director Bong Joon-ho and winner of the Palme d'Or at this year's con. Choi Woo-sik is Kim Ki-woo, the son of a poor family who scams his way into the pockets of the wealthy parks. Will the parks be the Kim family's meal ticket or their undoing? Then stick around for Last Bites, where we search high and low for this week's juiciest morsels. And we'll hear from you too. EYV, Top Podcast, Brooklyn, NYC. We're your favorite duo with with an art and culture show. (laughs) There's a chill in the air. It's that time of year. Yeah. Fall is my personality, as the meme says. I identify with that meme. Um, And I love fall. I love corn mazes. I love... Hay rides, haunted houses. Um, I love. I saw a tweet that said everyone in fall dresses like they're a writer, that's, and that's from my, a writer. That's my favorite. Like, yeah. I love layering and sweaters over button downs of different textures, like crisp raw denim, like corduroy. I'll try it on. Fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch. No. Fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch. Um, cashmere. Tortoise shell glasses. Um, what's that rough? Brown. Brown everything. Earth tones, which my favorite. My earth favorite tones. all year is earth tones. Oh, boots. Boots <clears throat> the house. Um, well, happy fall, Michael. Happy, we're, happy fall. We're, I mean, we're certainly enjoying fall, right? Yeah, I love that fall means the start of the new TV season. Uh, new music, New York Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, start of school, New York Film Festival, uh, Oscar season. I think has officially started. So like all the, the great movies that were only exclusive to film festivals are now making their wide releases. So that's fun. I feel like you and I are just in love with like that whole that vibe where you're like you have your planner and you have like your activities planned. Oh yeah, I was going September ask, and October. It's did like, you did you love? Uh, school shopping as a kid yes of course back to, back to my mom shopping. was a school teacher like of course i love school shopping we'd go school shopping in august and like mm-hmm. it would be a whole endeavor i always had a million notebooks yeah i've seen your childhood room and it's uh fully stocked with unopened packs of like pencils and pens you can't believe it but there is actually a great dining room table underneath here i have one usable chair that i know of clothes pop bottles junk I found a brand new pair of boots. Only one boot, though. Hey, you don't have to drag my mother books. like this. I mean, you know, <laughs> you never know if you're going to catch uh, inspiration, if you're going to be visited by the muse in the apocalypse. So you're fully stocked. 
So anyways, yeah, so back to school, I think we both have a fond place in our hearts for it. And we also are those busy bees who try and like sign up for every fun extracurricular. I'm a chemist, but I've been a photonics manufacturing supervisor, an electronics expert, a bartender, caretaker to nuns, and between jobs, I fill in at Red Lobster as a server. Uh-huh. Um, and the adult version of that is trying to volunteer and or attend every festival. <laughs> Um, and prominent like uh, fair in the city which in New York yeah. I mean we picked kind of like a bad city to try and do that didn't we because there's too many things to do <laughs> some great things I mean but... that's a good and bad thing yeah yeah it was uh, it's been such a busy week I was finishing up my shifts at New York Film Festival and I finally got to sit in on a screening I thought I was going to go through the whole festival not being able to you shouldn't be sharing this information it should be confidential but if you want to attend a free screening do crowd control because then you get to slip in when you're done so i got to see atlantics which is the senegalese movie uh supernatural uh coming of age story and also i got to um sit in on a v on vr programming on one one of my shifts yeah the future is here yeah the future is here i didn't know that vr had such a place in the film festival scene because the people that were running um the vr programming there was going to do the new hampshire film festival next wow um so there's money and attention on that yes noted um, and then I went to see the New York Film Festival documentary shorts. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was just the only one, but I went to see a documentary shorts screening. We actually had known one of the people who worked on the film from Baltimore. Um, and it was really good. It was about like uh, the tennis replay technology that's mm-hmm. calling into question whether, whether perfection can be achieved in sports. One day you're in and the next day you're out. Mm-hmm. And it was meditative and strange and funny, kind of re- repetitive and yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Humans are like chaos embodied and mm. like our quest for perfection is just amusing to watch. Mm. How it eludes us. Yeah. I was going to ask, why is it that you like corn mazes so much? Every fall you always um, ask that that's the one thing that should be on, on our um, list. And it's not a, a complete fall experience if you don't go. Yeah. And some years we haven't and it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because when I was a kid, I was like a, when I was in high school I had this like group of like, <laughs> to be real, like this group of like Christian friends. Like I was like the like, kind Christ- of Christian black, band geeks, the black sheep and a gang of Christian band, ge- band geeks. Okay, so now I just finished singing to my sweet Jesus, and then I put my feet over the bed and start dangling them because they don't reach, <laughs> and also because I don't want to take a single step until I give my every step to the Lord. And um, there was this one friend who was easily scared, and so we would take her to a corn maze and mm. then kind of like just like reap havoc. Is it reek or reap? Reap. Reap havoc upon her. <laughs> LOL. It's reek. It's re- I'm reeking havoc. Um, I would reap havoc upon, we would just reap havoc upon You're her in this reap, field. Reap again. Did I? Yeah. Reek. What was reap? Although it's a, it's good, reap. It's a good pun because you're reaping what it's you reap. sowed. It's not reeking havoc. It's reaping havoc. No, it's reeking havoc. No, it's Charlie. not. It's not reeking. Yes, it is. We should ask Benjamin Dreyer of Dreyer's English for consultation on this. He's too busy yelling at Trump on Twitter. <laughs> he can't help us right now. That's my favorite. He's busy. Yeah. Um, Very sassy. Hi, Benjamin. Can't I haven't started your book, but I do have your Dryer's English book uh, at the ready. Okay, so yeah, um, I I went and scared my band geek Christian friends. Mm-hmm. Um, shout outs if they're listening, because I'm sure they love being described as as such. Um, <laughs> I feel like it would be like accurate, accurate, accurate. It's very accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. And I uh, that just informed my 
whole life. And then when we got older and started hanging out with your with our nibblings, nibblings. Um, you know, Jen- I saw somewhere recently that that was being described as like a new, a yeah. new turn of phrase, and I, th- I felt cool because like we've been calling them that for like yeah. a few years now. I like found it on like a Google, a quick Google search mm-hmm. for like a gender neutral term for nieces, nieces or nephews. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not to be like that person who like adds X's to words unnecessarily, but. Um, I just I love I love how um, I like the term. It's cute. It sounds like a chicken nugget. Yeah, right? doesn't it? But I also love that it sounds like siblings because it it kind of collapses the age difference. Yeah, and you can just like relate to little kids, very smart kids that are younger than you. So anyway, together. after we um after we started hanging out with them, one of the as like cute little friends, babysitters mm. of sorts, we would take them to like similar experiences in Maryland. And I really enjoyed doing that. It reminded me of my, of my teen years. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things about fall people, people say that their favorite holiday before Christmas even is Halloween, which is coming up, which it's a little stressful to be yeah, honest. So it's like, it's a little high pressure. Like my mom, I was talking to my mom and she was really seriously considering visiting and we ruled out that week because the entire week of Halloween in New York is a bit of a in, ridiculous. Every Everywhere is going to be frat row yeah. on, on Halloween weekend. I feel like we always are going to see a film on Halloween and then we have to walk around the periphery of the parade. Because remember last year? I remember. That's true. Yeah. Not cute. We try to get Pokeball. I hate Pokeball. Can I just take a moment to say how much I hate Pokeball? Okay, let me put... Okay, a Pokeball costs like $16. That's like a triple roll. That's like three rolls of sushi, but you're getting this like lukewarm, low-grade fish. He cooked me some chicken. Yeah. And when he gave it to me, it's all pink. Oh, no. You could get very sick. Yeah, I don't want salmonella. Yeah, I gave him uncooked chicken, but... And you didn't even say thanks, though. On top of disgusting rice with these really gross, sweet toppings that are, like, super, like, sweet, like, gel- gel- mm. gelatin. Like, just, like, weird, like, slop. It's, like, bucket slop. And it's twice the price of Chipotle. Yeah. None of the satisfaction or quality of sushi. Like, not even at full dinner prices we're talking here. Like, <laughs> it is such a fucking waste of money. Like, it's it tastes like dessert because of all the sugar in it. It's so unsatisfying. I'm still hungry when I finish it. Mm-hmm. I feel nauseous. This, I, is, this is this is my denouncing Pokeball publicly. I'm I'm um I no love longer it. interested. I love it because my Asian heritage just makes me appreciate anything that is in a bowl with rice in it. But I feel like you <laughs> go out of your way to like bad food. Like you will I feel like you go out of your way to eat like shitty Chinese food. Yeah. If you actually know like real Chinese chow man, you'd be like this is like American China chow mein. It actually tastes pretty, like, authentic. I didn't say that bad. Low standards. <laughs> anyway, so that's it on Pokeball. Okay, um, so so we're talking about how Halloween is so stressful. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, like, nervous. Like, how am I going to prepare for this insane holiday? But last year, you did really well, though. I you- did really well. I went as Shania Twain in the I Feel, Man, I Feel Like a Woman music video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing. I went to tool the, and all tool, tool and all. all. Yeah. Thank you for reference for mm. mentioning that I bought tool. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, I, we still have that role of tool here. I threw it out. So, um, <laughs> you can take that right back anyway. So I, yeah, I went to Shania, Shania. It was amazing. I only shaved my legs, um, up to where, mm-hmm. um, 
very british the garter stopped Mm -hmm. so that was really like um awesome to like feel like i was doing such a functional job because you know it's like yeah october november i mean this man i feel like a woman so like right that trend when in rome (laughs) you know like when in rome yeah shave your legs halfway i don't know i slapped something together at the last minute like just sexy blank just do well, whatever last, everyone else does okay i was i was prouder of what i wore two years ago um i went as jubilee from x-men yeah i thought that was, was a well smart done. idea like yeah you I, bought a yellow you had the yellow coat i had a yellow coat i like adidas jacket like kind yeah, of like yeah, a, yeah. a a 2000 i guess it would be eight, 17. did you do the gray streak in your hair that's rogue that's rogue rogue can you see bishop i could spit on him if i wasn't a lady uh. um so I spiked Sorry, up my X-Men hair. Fans don't come for me. I spiked up my hair. I uh, wore that like large pink shades that you have. Yeah, you did a great job. Yeah, and short shorts. Yeah. Um, and then last year I just went as like a sexy like plumber. You went as a plumber because I I was doing trying to do a porn stash. I was running around Union Square area to those like really like popular um, Halloween, Halloween shops. Stores. They were like it was madness. It's insanity. I would not recommend anyone do that. Yeah. <laughs> But it worked. I still wear those booty shorts as underwear when I run out of underwear. <laughs> so I thought that we, I, I pulled up this article from Nylon. Okay. Um, that I think it was, I, I, I looked around a bit. I, I thought that they put together the best list of Halloween costumes um, from pop culture. Sure, sure. Year. Okay, I'm going to not look because I, I want to be surprised. Here we go. All right. So the first one is the Tethered from Jordan Peele's Us. Now that's going to happen. I a lot like of people are going to be You're going to see a lot of that. Because it's easy to do. Scissors, red jumpsuit, done. Which is funny because it's going to look like the movie. Like Because there's going to be there's a, a lot of, of people. Yeah. Next is um, friend of the podcast, Elizabeth Holmes. Scam, the scam queen supreme. She Miss Theranos. <laughs> this is what happens when you work to change things. And first they think you're crazy, then they fight you, and then all of a sudden you change the world. <laughs> so basically, dress, dress like Steve Jobs, but with a blonde wig. Uh, yeah, people are going to mistake you for Andy Warhol. You're going to have to make sure that you use like a deep voice. Um, you just need one prick of one prick of blood. Uh, a lot of Game of Thrones because of the last season of with it. a Starbucks cup. With I a see. Starbucks cup. I'm cheated. I still needed. Loved. Yeah. Um. I think that's a smart idea. <laughs> oh my God. Done. Wait. What? We did this whole exercise so we can find a costume. Okay. Can you be Daenerys and I'll be the Starbucks cup? Yeah, but like <laughs> yes, because then I yeah, because you need man. I need to feel like a woman for All Halloween. Right. So we'll we'll put it there. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll put it on good. The good. 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 Um. Midsummer Spring Queen. Or um, FKA Twigs beat us all to the punch by pulling this uh, cosplay in her new music video. You're clocked, FKA Twigs. We all can tell that you loved Midsummer. okay? I mean, I love I your music video. I love your music video, but, like, the references are clear. The um, writing is on the wall. Here's another Halloween cosplay. Or, or rather, the symbolism, the Swedish symbolism is on the wall. Nailed it. Next. <laughs> um, my foot's asleep. Um, <laughs> this is another Halloween costume, or uh, couple's costume idea. Okay. You could be the, uh, what is it called? The spring maiden. Okay. And I will be the bear. Can you, do you want to like, uh, fuck the redhead around a shrine of like 20 women while an old lady pushes your ass cheeks into her? So I will go bare naked, butt naked. I actually really like this idea. Yeah. This would be a cool idea. You just get like a bunch of flowers. Don't look at the screen. 
Another Halloween, uh, another couple's costume idea. Okay. Fleabag and Hot Priest. Oh my God. Okay. Right, now you can look. That's a great, that's a great idea. Um, but I'm going to say now that pulling off Phoebe Waller-Bridge is going to be quite a challenge because she's such like, she dresses like a human being. And like part of Halloween is you have to dress like someone who's like a fucking moron. I mean, but like as with a lot of costumes, you just have to be a tall white girl. Oh, <laughs> no, you just have to be a tall white girl and then that's it. <laughs> Um, going back to the theme of scammers. Okay. Anna Delvey in court with a black dress. <laughs> um, too specific to work in a costume format, but like, goddamn, if that isn't great. I want to do an Anna Delvey costume, but I don't know how you would. Is she free right now or is she in prison? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag free Anna Delvey. Start the petition, you guys. <laughs> Get her out, okay? I feel like every New Yorker who lives in Queens or, Bo- or Brooklyn and pretends that they live in the Lower East Side deserves Anna Delvey to be free. Free her. <laughs> no, I was I was going to say, I feel like she's someone that you will spot at a Halloween party in Bushwick. Yeah. Um, like the real her, not a costume her. This is the year of the scam. We've all read Gia Talentino's articles. This is the year of the scam. Free Anna Delvey. Next, uh, Jasmine Masters and Ayoop. Um, iconic. That's that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I want to see a lot of this. Probably. I feel like this would be, you would pull this off really well. I couldn't do this, but that you could pull this off. Really bad wig, purple. Um, it's blue. I'm colorblind. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Represent representation. Yeah. Um, Miley Cyrus and Black Mirror. I saw a meme that said that way too many gay. It Ashley was like oh. it, so it was a meme of a bunch of like kind of sceney looking kids sitting mm-hmm. on a stoop with wigs on that yeah. were all like kind of fluorescent uh-huh. and the the caption the thing above it read like all the gays on halloween dressed as ashley ho so like this is already overdone before it's been done i feel like this applies to any of the costumes we've listed so far i want like a bunch like everyone to just dress as them and i want to see like a mat just a massive look one costume so ashley O and the tethered people are gonna be like the two go-to oh my god and then i want a war <laughs> to spark yeah between. for sure um Euphoria. A lot of people are already talking about dressing as like Rue. Um, this is totally the Gen Z vote. If you see, if you go, to, if we go to a party and we see too many people dressed in this costume, then we're too old to be there. Ooh, Visco girl. Oh my God, the Visco girl. Um, well, specifically, I, I don't know if it's okay, a Charlie, Visco okay, girl. These are both related. What is a Visco girl and what is an E girl? Do you know? I want to pre- to front like I know what they are, but I don't. Um, you're the I'm, you're the Gen Z vote. I'm this. gonna say that like so. I'm gonna say this. Um, as is listed here on nylon, the E girl is or the Visco girl is. Um, Scrunchies. She, no, the number one accessory is the Hydro Flask. Yeah, this is a new Hydro Flask. Oh, you don't have one? Um, how do you make your friendship bracelets then? That's kind of weird. Hmm. Well, save the turtles. I think it's like quasi-environmentalist, but like kind of basic. It's like the Valley Girl of 2019. Okay, well, it was nice meeting you. <laughs> you don't know that meme? I love that meme. No. Um, yeah. You did I do that well? I feel like I did that pretty well. Um... Right, we have a few an more. An e-girl is just like a girl who like dresses like it's like the updated goth. It's like the Billie Eilish look. Yeah, it's very like it's like it's like it's like emo, but like the thing about being emo in 2019 is you have to like um still be likable. Mm-hmm. So like and you have to be kind of like cool TikTok girl. So yeah. like you have to be like it's emo aesthetics, but like relatable. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of little Nas X walking around. And there's going to be a lot of just like general, in general, like cowboy yeehaw. Theme. Another couple costume, Lil Nas X and a horse. That's a good idea. Yeah. White claw. White claw. Two on the nose. 
As someone who's fallen prey to the wonderful grassroots marketing scheme that is White Claw, I have to say, like, let's just collectively not do that for Halloween. <laughs> so, yeah, plenty of ideas for, for costume for Halloween. Hopefully sure. we, we helped you pick out what yours is going to be. Yeah. So we saw Parasite this week. Um, it made its way to IFC for its proper film premiere. It was they had a it, monopoly over it. Yeah, it was the, the only theater, only theater showing that it. showed it. Yeah, uh, a, a lot of the buzz comes from the fact that it won the the Golden Palm or the Palm d'Or at at Cannes this year. Gesundheit. I think the trailer was really good. I think yeah, the trailer was yeah. really effective in like showing the the humor that's uh, definitely in the movie, but like the feeling of dread that uh, lasts throughout. It hits you with mood. And themes instead of plot and intrigue. Intrigue, yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's it especially great for this film because this film is full of surprises. And mm. I, I mean, I saw the trailer once, and I would say that I did not know where the movie was going, and I was so excited. I can't remember the last time I went to the theater and had the floor pulled, like the rug pulled from under me with with the twists and turns of, mm. of the story. At the end of act one, I turned to you and whispered, this is just the beginning. You're like, there's an hour left. In there's this an movie. hour left. Like we have, we have, it's just begun. Mm-hmm. I sh- I'm going to talk a bit about the the plot of the movie. You start off with the, the Kim family mm-hmm. who it's a mom, a dad, a sister and a brother. And they all live in this cramped basement apartment. Something symbolic about it being the um, nuclear, the nuclear family. family. Yeah. Yeah, so in the beginning of the movie, they the parents are unemployed. Uh, the kids are, um, they're not college educated, but they seem very smart and very, very able. And yet they can't find a job uh, that sticks. And so you see the family folding pizza boxes for money. Yeah, and, and then um, the son, Kiwoo, is recommended by his wealthier friend to this rich family that he to- where he tutors the daughter. Mm. Um and soon after that, the sister gets uh, pulled in as the art teacher for the younger, the younger kid. I think the plot to describe the premise in in a quick bit. I think it's a family scamming its way into being the serving class of a very wealthy one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is uh, a film about the proletariat's revenge, first off, or the demise of the proletariat. It, it's. It's about the coalition of a family in the face of inequality. Um, and it's an ode to the scheme era. You know, a lot, a lot of the times the what, what we hear in the wider news in terms of scams are like white collar crimes. How our economy is and how like the disparity between rich, rich and poor is just, you know, has never been wider. The world is the, a wild west right now with, with social media and the Internet. No one has the code. No one has like the blueprint for how to succeed. And so people find ways to like scam their way into success or even just stability. I like the Wild West reference. It used to be that the working class was um, industrial workers in mines or factories. Now uh, with the tech industry, like seizing its position as like the, like with data science and comp sci now kind of Mm -hmm. dominating the the market for um, lucrative well-paying jobs customer service is the new working class yeah you see that with the you see that with the gig economy and Mm -hmm. um the fact that these companies these large like the term multinational is a Mm -hmm. very multinational company is a very right now term the fact that they can't even hire all of their workers and they outsource it to like smaller companies Mm -hmm. yeah it evokes a certain downton abbey 
style, a certain kind of like antiquated class dynamic where they're like dusting and cleaning and making food and living in the quarters below the wealthy. Yeah. There's in, in this movie, literally there's an elaborate deceit to, to this certain brand of serving where obviously for comedic sake, they're lying about who they are outside of the job as a family the only spoiler I think we'll give is that this family is coordinating, taking on service work for this other family while pretending they're not a family. Um, that's one lie or that's one spoiler. I feel like we need to get out of the way to discuss the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Anything else is farther than 20 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that's the earliest of spoilers to divulge. Mm. So we'll give that one. Um, I think service work in general is about an elaborate ruse. It's about putting up appearances, putting up appearances of dressing the part, speaking with the accent that is the part Mm -hmm. making references that are the part and i can't help but think of my own life and the jobs i've held if you come home from your we always say this if you come home from your job smelling of something that doesn't smell flattering i think there's always a moment where you wonder like can someone smell me Mm -hmm. through my bullshit yeah and there's a moment in the movie where one of the characters is always on the cusp of betraying his position Mm mm-hmm um through smelling yeah of the subway as they said or their basement apartment um or of sour food yeah i think what i like that this movie does really well is how nuanced both sets of characters are as much as they're exaggerated for comedic and you know just like cinematic purposes um you you can't really pinpoint anyone as the antagonist of this film like the the poor family isn't made in this very um tidy like oh they just love each other they're so noble they want to make a, a an honest buck mm. um they're more of like i'm reminded of the family on shameless where they would go door to door and steal everyone's mail like peeling off the coupons and then for the for the rich family they are really colorful they're not um they're not villains they're not like they're not like our folks from succession um or you know like fill in corporate family here like like um the fa- like the family that benefited off of the opioid crisis it's truthful they're more ambivalent or ignorant to the struggles of the serving class below them they're like they're the innocents the, the rich family are the innocents actually in this in this movie and i like that reversal of of roles there you see the uh son help his father learn the scripts to deceive the um Richer rich family. family to make sure they all can stay employed mm-hmm. and keep others out of mm-hmm. the serving corridors. And um, I think this reminds me of how when there's poverty in the U.S., divorce rates decline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, there's a necessary coalition building among um, working class families where you understand that you're operating as um, a strategic unit, an economic yeah. unit. I mean, we saw this um, post, you know, 2008 crash. Mm. A lot of people our age, um, I guess, and a little bit older, left college um, already married. The family becomes a support system and also a familiarity because mm-hmm. we are raised on it. Like we're raised on the mod, like the like the nuclear family as mm-hmm. like a as a position. It's of something safety. that's comfortable. Yeah, yeah, it's comfortable and it's economical. It's um. It's also it's also kind of na- nationalistic. Mm-hmm. Usually fits what the country kind of says is its model citizen. Yeah. Um. So it's a, it's a place of safety. 
the thing that this movie does that's winning over critics mm. is director Bong Joon Ho's well handled roller coaster ride of tones and genres. This movie goes from family comedy to comedy of social graces to horror to suspense and it just it, it goes through each one uh just like so well it it, it it's a feat like, you don't even catch the tonal shifts they're mm-hmm. just kind of you're immersed in them before you even can catch that the tone has shifted it was a pretty long movie right very long and, and i didn't i wasn't aware of it we we just were, we were watching something where the director described it as being riddled with Easter eggs on the screen. So that, Oh, midsummer, we were watching some, um, directorial, um, BTS with Ari Aster. And we heard that, um, I, so much of his film is full of, of moments where you're, you're intended to look at the whole screen. Mm-hmm. So repeat viewings are, are, there's the benefits to repeat viewings to catch all the little things happening at the corners. I think this movie is the opposite and intending for you to have one focal point mm-hmm. upon which you're viewing it has so many dramatic changes in, in tone and genre as it moves through. It wants to keep a very tight focus in other departments. We were in awe at the performances of Cho Yu Jung who plays Mrs. Park, the the rich woman, <laughs> and Park So Dam, who was the sister. Um, Mrs. Park goes from passed out, like having drunk a full thing of white wine, to hysterical, to very um, heartfelt uh, mother of her children. And then the sister, you know, she, she can be loving to her family. She can be very um, sharp about their failings. Um, out of the the foursome, the the younger sister is the most. She's the most crafty. She's the most. Um, <laughs> I mean, from the trailer alone, you see her Photoshop skills, and she earns probably the the biggest laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, her Photoshop skills are, I would say, the secret weapon this family has to signaling prestige. You can see how acclimated they are to scamming. Um, I will say this. My favorite scene was a moment where the boy overlooks a wealthy gathering and asks the person next to him, um, tell me, do you think I fit in here? Um, It was a simple moment, but a profound one. Uh, Really shook me a bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You You see how the psychological dissonance develops around feeling so close to something that is never quite yours. Mm. Why I think this movie works as a horror is because um, this, so this week on the most recent episode of, of the podcast bookworm, the author Salman Rushdie talked about how he loves reading and writing stories that are not, um, that don't have a moral to them, but are, um, what did he say? Like moral investigations, like yeah. moral, moral inquiries. Yeah. And the, the most horrific scenes in this movie are ones where two characters or two sets of characters are, are, are wrestling with their place in society as, as related to each other. Um, there's a point where the poor family is challenged by, let's just say like a, someone who has worse off conditions as them. And they have to to deal with, you know, what they've become. And and even like, you know, when they come to the realization that like, wow, we have so much power that we've taken from this family now. Yeah. Horror is just a good place to explore those, those darker sides of humanity 
And I think that's why, and, and what I love too is that because of just how Hollywood has operated, horror has become such a draw in terms of, of, of box office. Yeah. And so, you know, like with Jordan Peele's movies, you draw people in with the, with the pronouncement that this is a horror film. And then once people are in the seats, you get to play with these very difficult questions. I, I have to agree. Horror is a bit of a backdoor for oddities, strangeness. People really write off art when it's strange and hard to understand at first glimpse. Mm-hmm. Um, horror, for some reason, gets a pass, I think, because <laughs> it's so entertaining and intentionally bizarre. This mm-hmm. kind of fits Halloween, actually. Yeah. People get away with, so like a lot of trans people explore how they dress yeah, on Halloween. I mean, just queer kids in general. A lot of know? queer kids in general. Yeah. And more broadly mm-hmm. to apply to everyone. A lot of people who have a fantasy in mind of what they would like to be try that on it's all for the, the, co- the costumes and the the script. Yeah. yeah. And every and it's permissible. Like you can do whatever you want and no one's going to th- there's kind of a removal of judgment for that one day or week if you live in a city or night. like New York. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah I think the horror genre gets away with so much these days. Mm-hmm. And so the directors we've been talking about, Bong Joon-ho included, they all are playing with horror um, and bringing you some wonderful commentary on class, race, mm-hmm. and much else. Very, in- very, uh, very scathing. And not, and that's not to, that's not because they demean a certain kind of person, mm-hmm. but I mean, scathing and I mean like very, very uh, sharp observations. We like when... We obviously are invested in pop culture. We like when something can grab uh, a lot of attention and also have some pretty insightful, incisive messaging in the process. Mm-hmm. And this film definitely qualifies. Yeah. Um, so I think we've arrived. Any final at the, thoughts? We've arrived at the um, the question of the hour. Like, would you recommend this film? Oh, absolutely. Um, to anyone out there who's worked a service job you're going to be like, amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To anyone who's a fan of the horror genre, you're going to have a fucking blast. There Mm -hmm. even is, uh, you know that moment that you always hear about where it's like, don't let them in the house. Don't let them in the house. There is an exact moment that felt like an ode to that moment. Don't go down the stairs. Don't go down the stairs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You get those classic horror movie moments. Yeah, I'm just going to say that the, the hype is totally justified. Mm. This film earns it. It's such a, f- a feat of filmmaking, I think, in all the things that it tries to do. Mm. It, it sticks the landing. It's It was a fun time. Yeah. Like, Everything coheres well. Um, I'm going to say this now. I think that in terms of best foreign film at the Oscars... It's a, con- it's a contender. It's a contender. So Pain and Glory, I would say, is the mo- more... Uh, traditionally Oscar yeah. type of Very movie Oscar awarded. vibes. Like Roma, <laughs> Roma won it last year. Yeah. Um, but I would advocate for this movie to, to win it. It's content- feels of the moment. It's, it's contemporary. So it's fresh. It, it, I mean, it, it draws from conventions, but does its own thing with them. Mm. And yeah, it just says something so important, I think, in how class dynamics exist in, in this current era. So go see it. Go see it. Or or we'll kick you down a flight of stairs. Yeah. Time for a quick potty break. And when we come back, it's time for this week's Last Bites. 
it's time for the um, best segment ever. Last bites. Yummy. So let's uh, give a listen to Maddie and Nikki. Let's see what you guys brought to share this week. This is Nikki calling in from Baltimore. I would say my obsession is definitely this book, Barbaric, Vast, and Wild, a gathering of outside and subterranean poetry from origins to present, edited by Jerome Rothenberg. It's an anthology of poems he's put together, ranging from hundreds or thousands of years ago till now, all by poets considered outsiders or even people who wouldn't have considered themselves poets. It's fun to read because you can kind of read aloud the oral poetics and I would definitely recommend it to everybody. Hi, Eat Your Veggies. This is Maddie. I'm calling from New York City, more specifically Ridgewood. Um, Lately, I've been obsessed with hamsters, especially the hamsters of TikTok. Um, There's kind of a growing trend of these really amazing hamster TikTok accounts that put out this content that just like continues to blow my mind and make me so, so happy. Furthermore, I'm considering getting a hamster myself once I get my life together, so any name suggestions are welcome. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye-bye. Nikki, thank you for your recommendation. I I love it. I mean, this is the whole kind of uh, mission of the podcast, right? Like, I love it when people who didn't believe they were a writer or a filmmaker or a poet like actually were in in their creation of their own work or their own just expression um and also maddie i love this uh hamsters of tiktok so this is for the people that say that casper's cage is too much or that i'm doing too much for him hamsters can run five to ten miles a night so that's why you need a properly sized wheel that's not mesh also if you're gonna give your shared hamster a toilet paper roll please cut down the middle because they are too big and they will get stuck in it do we have a name Moment. suggestion for her? Um, I'm gonna go with Arthur because I just love the name Arthur. I love formal names for cats. Like our cat is named is, ben, is named Benjamin. Yeah, I like for pets in general. I love naming a nice, a nice like white guy name. All right, Arth- feel- like a nice, like a sensitive white guy, like Arthur, Benjamin, Derek. No, Derek's mean. I don't like Derek. Um, it's like the mean kid in a Disney Channel movie. Yeah, he's mean. Derek's mean. Um, I so okay. So you said Arthur. I need to think of like a wild card name. Um, Fuzzball. Okay, well, you're free to use that if you want, Maddie. <laughs> Thanks for calling in to both Nikki and Maddie. You guys are awesome. All right, Charlie, what, what's your last bite of the week? So my last bite is actually going to be a track review. Um, I, and this is... Satis- Come on, Miss Pitchfork. This is satisfying my 2008 self as Teen I... bedroom dreams. ...diligently read uh, track reviews on pitchfork.com. Mm-hmm. Pitchfork Media. Get, you get on a soapbox. So now I'm gonna climb up on the soapbox and read to you and read to you my review of uh, this new track. In lights up, Harry Styles is a man of the times, trying on the elegiac choirs of Kanye, the high fidelity psychedelia of Tame Impala, and the baroque strumming of Florence. 
a writer she's worked with, is credited. Amusingly, his husky croon, mellowed with reverb, recalls a certain fellow boy band alum's serviceable R&B. Contemporaries aside, Styles is fashioned, as is expected, after a mood board of glam rock forefathers, replete with heeled boots and glittering blouses, less daringly camp than marketably Gucci. The winding piano reprise breezes by at streaming era speeds, a tantalizing glimpse at something stranger. A luxuriantly long-form jam with the bitch of Venice this isn't. Still, the suit fits. Styles may very well have the chops to break from his chamber of influences, but for now, he's believable play-acting as Rocket Man. In a genreless age, what's more on-brand for pop radio's rock star than an identity crisis? The spotlight narrows on his voice alone. Do you know who you are? NPR rock critic Ken Tucker with a review of Harry Styles' new single, Lights Lights Out. And this has been Fresh Air. I'm Terry Gross. So my last bite of this week, uh, so a little preamble, I went to my first ever New Yorker festival event um, at a premium, a steep premium, but I thought that it was Well, we covered it with our our big, hefty (laughs) account budget. So I follow uh, one of my favorite writers, Michael Shabon, on um, social media, and he posted something about being in an event where he's going to be interviewed by Deborah Treisman, fiction editor of The New Yorker. You shat yourself on the spot. Yeah, it was really nice. They they talked about his career and how Michael Shabon kind of criticizing the prestige of nonfiction, which purports to be factual, but he was he said memory is an instrument and. There's something magical about fiction, which is an open, honest lie. And it's like an agreement between the writer and the reader. It's like the writer saying, let me show you a trick. And the reader, like, taking taking the writer's hand. Did, did Shaban take your hand after he said that? No, I was, I was one person away from getting to ask a question. Um, Deborah Treisman and I locked eyes, and it was then that I knew that I'm going to be submitting a story to her one day. This is what really dreams romantic. are made of. This is what Um, but uh, for my last bites, it's uh, kind of the first last bite where I haven't seen it yet. But he, uh, Michael Shabon came with a trailer for the new Star Trek series called Star Trek Picard. It's um, a kind of a revival of Star Trek The Next Generation. And mm. the main character is Jean-Luc Picard, who is played by Patrick Stewart. Shabon started out just being the writer of the new series. Then he became... A producer, and now he is the showrunner. Wow! Of this series, which, Holy by the shit. way, side note: Did you know that he co-wrote the Spider-Man Two, uh, Spider-Man Two script? No, which is no like wonder it was good. One of the all-time like, best superhero best superhero scripts. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, wow. Yeah, so he is his he's showrunning uh, the new Star Trek series that's going to be on CBS mm-hmm. All Access mm-hmm. uh, this fall. I usually have reservations every time a large IP like Star Trek gets another revival, because like Star Wars, like what, like why, like why, um, or the Lion King remake. Um, but when I saw this trailer, I, I saw how. I saw. I just saw the the fingerprints of a, a literary mind. It's very uh, character focused. It's, um, it's not like the episodic monster or planet of the week that the original series was. It's be careful. The Trekkies are gonna come after you. It's a, it's more of like a, a long running narrative, and it looks like it'll be a fun ride. So I'm actually I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to to catching that this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I wanted to quickly give. I think we should give a, a joint last bite to cap this off um we've really um i don't know about you but i've really been enjoying falling asleep to the delicate sounds of um husband asmr recently <laughs> and so on a lighter note um if any, if anyone's out there and you want to fall asleep to your youtube husband there's some really great um youtube husbands out there just search that search yeah. husband boyfriend asmr um and they can talk to you about your your day and um your how hard you looking work. perfect so hard oh i smell so bad i hope that um i don't stink too bad it's, I don't, i'm not smelling up your room i was gonna shower but i just I decided to just with lay you. here stinky with you <laughs> if you want to just take a smell <laughs> so yeah if you so if you want to fall asleep to the pleasing sounds of a man just shy of being pornographic then check out uh, <laughs> husband asmr this has been eat your veggies um, Go. Hope you got your fill. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Eat Your Veggies. Hope you got your fill. Eat Your Veggies is recorded in a modest two-bedroom in Brooklyn, New York. Produced and edited by us. Want seconds? Subscribe to Eat Your Veggies, where you get your podcasts. Rate us and leave us a long, heartfelt review. Follow Eat Your Veggies on Instagram and Twitter. We want to hear from you. Record a voice message telling us about your latest obsession and send it on over to eatyourveggiestv at gmail.com. Till next time, stay hungry and try something new. The face, the face of, of a, a tenured, tenured professor, professor and the arms of an adjunct. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>